Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com forward slash swoopsworld. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's audibletrial, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com forward slash swoopsworld. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Welcome to another edition of Swoops World, right here on the new Talk Story Radio Network. Swoops World, where you get all you need to know about arts, culture, news, and happiness. Our number, if you want to give us a call tonight, is 562-912-3444. You can always email us at swoopsworld at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Once again, if you want to give us a call, that number is 562-912-3444. Now just sit back and enjoy Another edition of Swoops World on the new Talk Story Radio Network. Another edition of Super Roll Late Night, April 13th, 2016. Uh, tonight we've got two big guests. We have uh, Bob Case, uh, the current VP of the International Boxing Association, uh, good friend of the show, and a uh, big time USC uh, football supporter. So we'll give you a chance to talk to Bob about some of the uh, things happening over there. And of course, uh, after Bob, we have Anthony Davis calling in, and we'll be talking to AD, uh, former uh, NFL and uh, collegiate great. And we'll be talking about all kinds of sports with him. So we're looking forward to talking, chatting with both of them. And we thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Swoops World on the Talk Story Radio Network, sponsored by HealthyNewDay.com. We're going to take a quick break and come back and get Bob on the line. Back after this. Hey, how you doing? This is Joe Walsh. I'm speaking on behalf of Rad. It's okay to rock and roll, right? But don't drive home drunk. But if you're drunk, call me up. I have a limo. I'll come and get you. Public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Every day I wake up at 5 to give Dad his medicine. Every day I wake up at 5 to give Dad his medicine. At 6, I make his breakfast. Every day I wake up at 5 to give Dad his medicine. At 6, I make his breakfast. At 7, I shower. Every day I wake up for at those five. caring for a loved one, we hear you. That's why AARP created a community to help us better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org slash caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. And now we have an eight-year-old on the line. Welcome to our world today. What's your question? Our continents make up 29% of the Earth's surface meaning that 71% is comprised of water. Man automatically adapts to environmental conditions. So why do I need to take swimming lessons? Are you ready for kids who eat healthy? Good nutrition can lead to great things. To find out how a healthy lifestyle can help your child succeed, go to mypyramid.gov. Brought to you by the Ad Council and USDA. Go for a little ride. 
Now you can share the topics that drive the discussions of your favorite talk shows with TalkStream Live's topic-driven talk radio. we got to talk. Let's take a drive. List and promote real-time talk radio topics or post the topics that you want to hear. Hot topics are tweeted and retweeted and include simple click-to-listen audio links. The future of talk radio is topic-driven talk radio. That's what I call real drive. Available now at TalkStreamLive.com. And welcome back to Swoops Road on the Talk Street Radio Network. And we're just about a minute away from uh, chatting with Bob Case. And plenty to talk to with Bob about. You know, we've got some boxing uh, cover, uh, things happening over at SC, uh, some of the uh, the past stars that he's worked with. We always have a good time with Bob on, on the line. And so he should be calling in any minute now. Um, I was watching the news this morning and showing the people lined up outside the Staples Center to get, get their hands on some Kobe memorabilia, you know, last game and... I mean, uh, they got all kinds of special stuff there, going for some crazy prices. But uh, you know, the end of a career, and uh, the fans are coming out to uh, to support. So, uh, quite interesting. Uh, line up uh, around the place there to get uh, jackets that cost you know six hundred dollars, and uh, um, jerseys, and all kinds of all kinds of crazy stuff. But uh, I guess you're a huge fan. Uh, it's worth it. Uh, there's Bob calling now, so let's get a chance to talk to Bob. We'd like to welcome uh, IBA uh, Vice President, a good friend of the show, and, and SC supporter. Uh, always a pleasure to have you in line. How's it going, Bob? I'm doing great, Keith. How about you, buddy? Doing good, man. Uh, fighting off a little cold, but other than that, not too bad. Well, there's a lot of that going around. Yeah, I guess uh, I guess it's a time. You know, I, I, I think I told you I, I was in Vegas this weekend, and and uh, usually when I go, quite frequently when I go there, I come back a little little bit under the weather. I don't know if they put in too many hours or just around that many people or just in and out of casinos. I don't know what it is. but uh, that's, a, that's a great place for it. That and airplanes. Is, I, I know more people that fly on airplanes that get the flu, you know, from the recycled air. Yeah. And Vegas is the same way in those, you know, gambling salons there. I tell you. Well, let's just jump right in and jump right into that. Uh, you know, uh, the, the Pacquiao fought there. Uh, he won a fight. Um, I know you saw him about a week before before the fight. Uh, I don't know if you saw it or saw anything about it, uh, but if you did, what were your thoughts on on, on his performance? Is, is this it for him? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I told Freddie Roach yesterday I thought he did an unbelievable job. I thought Manny looked like he was 30 years old, you know, not 37 years old. It, it looked like, you know, I mean, he looked terrific. He, he boxed. He, he didn't get hit. He, you know, knocked the guy down twice, you know, and the guy was a much better fighter than, you know, he really won the first decision with the guy, so he's really 3-0 and against this guy. But the first decision was, as we know, a bogus decision. So uh, the bottom line is Pacquiao fought and did a great job. I mean, and then Tim, Timothy Bradley's a great little fighter. Yeah. It's just he's fighting one of the best fighters in the history of boxing. So, you know, when you fight one of the best fighters, Timothy Bradley alone is a five-time world champion, you know, and Manny's a world champion in eight different weight classes, which is unheard of. Wow. So, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't you know whether he's going to quit or not. I don't know, but I love seeing Freddie Roach. Uh, uh, Teddy Atlas kind of made it a personal thing with Freddie Roach, and Freddie's forgotten more about boxing than, than uh, Teddy Atlas <laughs> will know if he lived to be 500. <laughs> and, you know, Freddie's, you know, had the glove. Teddy Atlas never was a fighter. Freddie's 
and the gloves laced up as a fighter. And, you know, that's why he's been trainer of the year seven times, which is unprecedented. That's why he's the youngest trainer ever to be inducted in the Boxing Hall of Fame. So, you know, um, his record speaks for itself. You know, for, like like Freddie said, Teddy Atlas is an announcer, you know, right. coming in trying to make, and, and Freddie said to the media, he said, yeah, well, you know, Teddy Atlas knows when the red light is on, when the camera's on. <laughs> I mean, but, uh, you know, he said, the, he, Teddy made the comment, well, Freddie took a selfie of himself walking in the, in the uh, Manny Pacquiao uh, Mayweather fight, right. did, did he know that Freddie got three hundred and fifty grand from a, to, for doing that <laughs> <laughs> from a promoter? So you know, I mean, I think who wouldn't take a selfie of themselves for three hundred and fifty thousand? I'm telling you, man. <laughs> you know, one, one of the other interesting things is, uh, you know, just recently I was reading something where they were they were questioning whether or not. Uh, Boxing was was you know about done and over with, but I'm telling you the place was packed. The crowds were there. I didn't go to the fight, but just a number, the sheer number of people that were in Vegas for the fight. I, I don't think uh, I don't think it's a dying a dying sport. Keith, they've been saying that for a hundred years. You know, they've been saying boxing is a red light district of sports. It's been dying. But let me just tell you this: if boxing's dying, how could Floyd Mayweather? be the highest paid athlete in the history of this earth. Yeah. In the history of this earth. Forget Babe Ruth, Muhammad Ali, Hank Aaron. I don't care who you can name. Michael Jordan, Floyd Mayweather Jr. is the highest paid athlete in the history of this earth, this universe. So does that tell you boxing's dying? What's dying are good fighters. And the public is has a huge... You get a good fight and, and market it correctly, like Bob Aaron does, and you will see you know, fans from all over the world. It's an international sport, you know? Like the Lakers are world champions. They call them, the Dodgers are world champions. Of where? The United States. When you're a world champion in boxing, you're fighting guys from Russia, from Japan, from Bangkok, Thailand, from Mexico, from Puerto Rico, all over the world. You're truly a world champion. Right. So, you know, it's like, uh, it's a worldwide sport, you know? And uh, it'll always, I mean, they're, you know, millions of people from 230 countries watch those HBO and Showtime fights. So that doesn't tell me it's dying. You know, it's it's you know the media likes to say that they like right. to say, oh, baseball only old people watch baseball. Well, I guess the Dodgers had three three and a half million old people there last year. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you know, the bottom line is, uh, let these these media guys, you know, they just say whatever they think's going to sell newspapers. Speaking of baseball, I know you're I know you're a huge baseball fan, you, and you had ties to baseball. You worked with the the Angel organization, and and you, and you worked with uh, Casey Stingle. And uh, I know that you were friends with with Jackie Robinson. And and there was some uh, some uh, special on Jackie not too long ago. Yeah, it was last night and the night before. They had PBS. This this Ken Burns did a two hour special on each night, so there was four hours of Jackie Robinson. And I thought he, and, and Ken does a fantastic job. I thought he did a number. You know, I was privileged. You know, Jackie went to my high school, John Muir High School in Pasadena. And, you know, he came back in the old neighborhoods many times. And his brother, Mac Robinson, who was uh, an Olympic uh, medalist in the Olympics when Adolf Hitler was watching him, uh, Mac was worked for the city of Pasadena in the water department, you know, and uh, was a wonderful guy. And uh, we used to see Mac all the time. And, and Jackie, you know, I saw Jackie the last time I saw him was in uh, September of 1972 at a Dodger old-timer game. Uh-huh. And I knew he was in bad shape because he had diabetes. And I was talking to him on the field. In fact, I got a picture of that in my office. And some guy threw him a baseball to autograph and it hit him in the eye. 
because oh. he he didn't he couldn't see because the diabetes had ravaged his eyes and they were talking about losing taking his legs and everything you know but but you know and he died about a month later and I was just floored I couldn't believe it wow. and Rachel his wife is one of the classiest I mean what a wonderful love affair that was I mean she was his you know. I've always said behind every successful man, there's a Rachel Robinson or a Edna Stengel behind Casey Stengel, you know, yeah. and she was just uh, a great anchor for him and his life. And, uh, you know, and I, and I say, you know, there's Martin Luther King, but Jackie Robinson's right there with him, you know, in my opinion, that's yeah. my opinion. You know, I mean, he did more for, you know, reaching out and the bettering the black, you know, and all he cared about was, you know, and, and, you know, here's the funny thing, Keith, in Pasadena, a lot of the older people didn't like Jackie. They said, oh, he was a troublemaker. Oh, he was a... You know why they say that? Because he didn't like people burning crosses in his lawn. Wow. Because he absolutely wouldn't take this crap sitting down. And he fought back. When somebody would throw rocks down and call him nigger, he went back and kicked their ass. So, yeah. so that meant uh, Whitey, back in the day, didn't like that kind of shit. You know, they wanted to be a step and fetch it and go, yes, sir, no, sir. You know, and, and Jackie wasn't like that. And that's why it was amazing, you know, that all the crap he put up with in baseball. And then he actually took a lot of it, you know, because it wasn't his personality, you know, but he did the best thing for baseball. And I thought Branch Rickey made a brilliant decision. And, and here's the great thing. I mean, Jackie went to Pasadena City College, you know, went to UCLA. Baseball was his worst sport. Oh, really? I mean, he was a terrific football player, an all-American football player at UCLA. He played basketball. He could run track. He was unbelievable. He could play ping pong. He could play tennis. He could do anything. But baseball was his worst sport. But because of his athleticism, right. he made himself into a Hall of Fame baseball player. You know, wow. won a batting title. You know, won stolen bases. Stole third more than anybody up until that time. You know, amazing athlete. Yeah. You know, but uh, and more important, a beautiful human being. And I'm just honored to have gotten to know him in my life. And you know. Had a, you know, I, I, I really relish the times I spent talking to him, and yeah, you know, just a great guy. It's uh, you know, just talking to you is it's for me always it's always a, a wonderful experience because uh, besides your great personality, it's just the, the the knowledge and the, and all the people you've met over over the years and. And the thing about it is, is you know, I have to kind of ply it out of you to find out you knew some of these people, and because uh, you're so humble about it. And uh, but I really, I really do enjoy hearing uh, these stories about about these, you know, these icons that we, you know, I grew up, you know, kind of kind of idolizing. So it's it's uh, it's always it's always an honor to hear hear you talk about some people like that. Um, and I know we talked yeah. recently that you know one of the other people, uh, Casey Stingle, There's a there's a new book coming out on him. Uh, where we're in the process of that is it is it released yet? That, that'll it... be out. It's 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 right now. It's being uh, Marty Marty Appel is the author who's written eighteen books. He wrote wrote, wrote one on the, the history of the Yankees. He's written on Thurman Munson and Joe DiMaggio and by Larry King, the the announcer. He's written some great books. But anyway, he's published this a four hundred and sixty seven page book. It's going to be forty three chapters on Casey Stengel, and it will be coming out. Within the next six months, it's right now. It's being whatever they do it when they send it in, and they go through all the wording and everything, you know. So it'll be out. It would have been out a month ago, but it's such a big book. They want to make sure it's, you know, it's. But it's going to be. I, I've seen. I've read excerpts of it. And it's going to be fantastic. I mean, I, I told Marty. I talked to him the other day. I said, Marty, I'm looking forward to reading this book because I was with Casey every day for ten years, and I'll know. I'll learn things about him that I didn't know. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. That's the kind of research he's done about his childhood, about. 
you know, growing up in Kansas City. And you know, a lot of people don't know Casey was born in Kansas City, and that's where he got the name Casey. KC, even though he spelled it C A S E Y, all the old ball players called him Casey because he was from Kansas City. Huh. So, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, the bottom line is think about this. He was in the big leagues. He broke in with the Brooklyn Dodgers in 1912. Now, think about that. That's 104 years ago. He broke in the big leagues and, play, and, and played against Babe Ruth in the 1916 World Series when Babe Ruth was a Boston Red Sox in case he was a Brooklyn Dodger. <laughs> you know, so, you know, he played for John McGraw in the 1921 and 23 World Series, hit a home run, two home runs in the 23 World Series or 21 World Series. So you know he's you know he wasn't just a manager he was a great ball player too for many years for fourteen years in the big leagues. Wow, you know it's interesting because you know I I I've always known about him as as a manager and uh, and, and didn't realize that he had such a uh, an extensive career uh, plan. I mean I, I knew. I oh knew yeah, he yeah, he was, a, he was yeah. a great player. Yeah, he I mean he had home runs in the World Series and was a World Series hero and was on I think two World Championship teams with John McGraw. And, Played for Wilbur Robinson with the Brooklyn Dodgers. Was in fact his debut in 1912. He went four for four. His first team ever in the big leagues. So, well, one of the, the uh, things you got to do this week uh, that I found was very interesting. You you got to go to uh, an event over at USC. You're a big time SC football fan, and and you got to uh, sit down and or, you know have have some conversation with the new head coach Clay Helton. Tell us a little bit about that and, and what the experience is like. Well. Keith, I've met Clay on numerous occasions, and I had the opportunity to spend almost all Saturday at practice, and then they had a luncheon for all the former players, which I was lucky enough to get an invitation to. And I'm just going to tell you something. If Clay Helton was a stock, I would sell every property and everything I own and buy every share of it. Because, you know, this guy is, I, I just can't, I, you know, I mean, I, I, I think that, you know, Nothing he accomplishes will surprise me. Nothing, you know. And yeah. he, this guy is smart. He's a people person. He loves the players. He's a players coach. He hangs out with the players. I mean, he sat for a half hour with, uh, you know, Rashawn Green, number ninety four on defense. You know, having lunch and talked to him. And he came over and sat with us and talked to us. And he, you know, I was with Sam Cunningham, AD, and Brian Kenny, the big donor that the field's named after, and he talked to us, and he invited all these guys. He he invited Anthony Davis to the practice. He invited, you know, Sam Cunningham. He invited, uh, you know, Marcus Allen. He invited Matt Liner. He invited Willie McGinnis. He invited, I mean, that was like, you know, he said something very interesting. He said a speech to the players, which Brian Kenny and I were the only non-players in the speech in an auditorium, and he said, you know, he said, I... I'm not starstruck by movie stars. I said, I, I'm not a starstruck person. Stars don't mean anything to me. But he said, seeing all you players here today, USC legends, I got goosebumps. And that's what he said to the players. And he said, I want you guys to know that I have a cell phone with me 24 hours a day. You, any of you guys can call me anytime. He said, I want you to know that if the practice gate says close practice, it's open to you. You're, you you can come out there and help coach with me. He said, I want you to know that uh, my office, you don't have to call and make an appointment to see me. You you walk in my office doors anytime. So, I mean, and this guy is, you know, one, I mean, he loves football. He's a great coach. He, you know, he, he said, I'm so tired of hearing about the talent at USC. He said, I want to hear about the toughness. I want these guys to be tough. I don't want to hear about how much talent we have. And that's what he's doing. And he, these players, I, they go to him like a bee to honey. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, they, they, they feel his, this guy is real. He's not a phony. He's not a soul promoter. He is a real, real guy that loves these kids and loves football and respects the university and knows how to get along with all types of people and, you know, a, a communicator. And if you don't have a communicator, I don't care what your job is, you're in trouble. Right. I don't care what your background is. If you don't know how to communicate, this guy knows how to talk to everybody. And the kids love him. I mean, I can tell the kids adore this guy, you know. I mean, Marcus Allen held court there for two hours. In other words, we were eating lunch in the Galen Center with the current team and the former legends. Right. And it, it was it was the coach and a few other guys and myself on one table, and Marcus Allen was holding court with all the running backs for like two hours. And everybody had left, current players, former players, and there's Marcus still talking to Justin Davis, to Ronald Jones, to Dominic Davis, to the two or three other running backs there. And they were, you would have thought Jesus Christ was talking to them. They were looking at him with big eyes. And, and, you know, it was really something to see, you know, and that's what, see, that's what, you know, that's what Clay Hilton says. He says, I want you guys to feel a part of this university. Right. You are a part of the history of this university. And I want you to be a part of it. And that's been missing around there for years. Well, I mean, I, I told you at the recruit dinner, Clay Helton, it's the first time I heard anybody say this since Reggie Bush was the scandal. He said, we have seven Heisman Trophy winners here. Yeah. You know, with uh, the athletic director sitting five feet away from him. <laughs> so, you know, that made a statement to me. You know what I mean? In other words, this guy's this guy knows what's right is right. I mean, that Reggie Bush fiasco, which they, nobody fought, the guy's father takes a bribe from an agent 200 miles from campus. Yeah. And it's not even his, it was his stepfather who's not even married to his mother now. And they penalized Reggie Bush and all the kids for eight years or nine years. Are you kidding me? Right. You know, but, you know, they should have never taken that sitting down, which a lot of people didn't want, but it is what it is. Well, speaking of that, I mean, the, 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 people, the person who took it sitting down was uh, the, the outgoing uh, AD, uh, Pat Hayden. Yes. Uh, they announced today that his teammate, uh, Lynn Swan, uh, is going to be the new AD. Uh, we we had talked about possibilities uh, in the past. Uh, I don't think he was his was a name that uh, we we were mentioning. But uh, what were your thoughts upon hearing about this today? Well, my thoughts were uh, Pat Hayden left the university in the middle of the week to go back to Augusta for the the Masters, and as I recall, he got uh, Lynn Swan in in Augusta Country Club. So they're like. Uh, you know, Best friend. So obviously, this uh, the, the Lynn Swan hiring has Pat Hayden's fingerprints all over it. You know, who else could he get to come in there? You know, but his best friend. So uh, and another, they have another thing in common. Lynn Swan has no experience in this. He was uh, an announcer like Hayden. So you know, an ex football player and an announcer. So I just hope that he won't make a lot of the same mistakes that his friend made, the guy that hired him. I hope he knows how to handle people and alumni and fans and friends and stuff a lot better, you know, well, because if he walks in there with, if he walks in there with the same attitude his friend has, it ain't going to be fun for him. I'll tell you that. That's a good question. You know, we had talked in the past if, uh, if Hayden should be involved in the, the selection process of the, the success. Well, obviously he was, I mean, uh, I, you know, all the names that were mentioned, Keith were not even, I mean, poor, poor Keith, the Lopes guy that's been there for years, a lot of people said him, and he would have, I mean, you know, it's just unbelievable. You know, there's all the names I heard weren't even contacted. 
So, you know, this, this was, it was an inside job and everybody knows it, you know, and, and it's Nikias bowing to Hayden again, you know, so it's like, you know, it's, but it, it is what it is. And, you know, here's the thing. I don't care if it's Lynn Swan, if it's OJ Simpson, if it's Mar- whoever it is, nobody's going to go to SC for the athletic, the athletic director. I mean, n- not one kid ever went to SC because Pat Hayden was the athletic director. They're going to go there for the head coach, the football players, and football is what runs the university. And they're going to go there for, for the attitude and the assistant coaches that the, the head coaches hire, which are all great guys. And they're going to go there to get an education. They're not, they don't care about the athletic director or the president of the university. They're just, uh, you know, but let's just hope for that they can get along with all the people in the, in, you know, that are around them. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Show the right attitude. I, I, I agree. I agree. But, but here's the situation. You know, we saw the disaster that can be, can, can happen with the, with a bad athletic director. Uh, you know, the, the US, oh, yeah. you can I mean, I mean, talk I mean, about the, uh, the, the, the Reggie Bush thing and you can talk about his behavior on the sidelines and, and right. The, it's not, it's not going to stop a kid that wants to go play ball for him from going there. But, uh, there's there's other you know fallout that can happen with, if the guy can't do the job. Now, uh, Lin Swan, uh, he seems from afar to be more personable than uh, Pat Hayden. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, let's but let's, let's be honest. Yeah. He, if they could put they could put uh, you know who could they put? In? They could put they could put anybody in there, and they would do a better job than the idiot they've had there the last however many years, making two and a half million a year, the highest paid athletic person in the country. In other words, there's not, whoever they put in there is going to be an improvement, whether it's Hayden's son, if they put him in there, or they put whoever they put in there is going to be improvement over him. So, yeah. you know, and that's, that's how I look at it, you know? So, you know, I, 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 you know, I, what do I know? I'm just a fan, but I do know that people, you know, will demand to be treated correctly by an athletic director at a place like USC. You know what I mean? Now, sure, was he a football player there? Yeah. So was Mike Garrett, and he got fired. So was uh, Lynn Swan. I mean, so was Pat Hayden, and he did a horrible job. So that doesn't qualify you as an athletic director that you were an athlete there. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like, or a, or an announcer, a football announcer for ABC or whatever he was, yeah. So, you know, I just wish him the best of luck because I'm a Trojan fan, and uh, he was a great football player. One of the, you know, really had a great career at the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I, I hope he does great at SC. I hope he continues on at SC like he did as a uh, athlete. Well, yeah, and I, I like to see, uh, you know, the things you're talking about helping and, and inviting the, the the old the old uh, legends back uh, and things. Oh, like he's. That. I mean, that's on that feeling I had around that place the other day was like, and everybody I talked to said the same thing. They said it was just on the athletes. I mean, you know, he reached out to these guys, man, and they were thrilled to be there, you know. And there's a lot of other ones that, that couldn't come, like Ron Yerry, the, the All-American lineman in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And then, you know, they, they don't think they, the word doesn't travel fast. Yeah. You know, they, these guys were kept out away from there for years. Nobody asked them to come around there, you know. Well, you have a guy now that, in, the, in the head coach spot that doesn't need to be micromanaged, and as long as, uh, exactly as, long as that doesn't happen, sounds like things could be headed back in the right direction. Hey, Keith, I, you know what? Do I expect them to be in Alabama the first game of the year? Absolutely not. But I'll tell you one thing. Even if they don't, they will show up. You yeah. know what I mean? They will play because they're being coached right from top to bottom. And like I said, if I, if I had a son, I'd want him to be like, like Clay Helton. You know, if I had a kid, I want him to play for Clay Helton. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, he, he, you know, he's got a beautiful family. He loves his family. He, you know, he's, 
he has a sign out there that says faith, family, football. And they have t-shirts that the players wear that say faith, family, football. And in that order. And, uh, you know, I mean, he's just sending a whole new message to these kids, you know, and I think it's great. All these kids look up to him and like him. And I mean, how can you do better than that? You know, I've never seen any coach ever at SC that has a, a one-on-one relationship with a lot of players. He has. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that, that shows me a lot. And he's not doing it for any other reason. I think he genuinely likes these kids, you know? Well, it's good to see somebody who's in, who's invested in them, and, and people who are invested in absolutely them generally are invested in more than their their ability to play football. They want they want to turn them out to be a, you know great citizens uh, once they leave, once they leave the school, and, and it's good to hear that you that there's somebody there that's like that. You know, absolutely correct. You know, so I'm I'm excited about the new season, and I'm a, I'm a Clay Holton nut. You know, so I think he's terrific. Nice. Well, uh, you know, I know, I know you, you follow basketball a little bit. Uh, this is Kobe's Kobe's last year, last game, and uh, 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 any thoughts about that? I mean, he's had a, he's had a, he's had a, a 20, 20 year career, and apparently, and uh, done, done done pretty good for himself. Yeah, I understand, but I, you know, I'm old school. I mean, I, I mean, I saw Hank Aaron retire. I saw Willie Mays retire, and I know when Babe Ruth retired, they didn't have a. A, a whole year retirement session for me. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind, of, I'm kind of tired of hearing about it. I would call that overkill, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, that's to easy, me, you know, he, he's a great days. player, but I, I thought Shaq O'Neal was the best, maybe one of the best centers I've ever seen, yeah. including Will Chamberlain and Kareem Jabbar and everything. I thought Shaq O'Neal was dominating. He was a dot because he was so big and strong. He could just dominate you know what i mean and and without you know but it's like saying without you know kobe's a great player though he's one of the all-time greats you know he's right up there with magic johnson lou alcinder kareem jabbar you know will chamberlain elgin baylor jerry west they're in that group yeah. of great laker players and uh you know i'm honored to watch them play yeah and you know it's interesting you you, you talked about uh shacks i think uh um this is kind of when when i him, I, I lost a lot of faith in the in the Lakers when they let Shaq go. I mean, uh, because of their little conflict there, you know, they, I thought yep. they had uh, uh, together. Uh, they had several more good runs in them at the at the championship. Absolutely. And uh, I mean, Shaquille O'Neal was <laughs> he changed the complex. He was the most dominating center I ever. You got to remember when Will played, all the other centers were you know six foot seven, six foot. Wes Unseld was six eight. You know, I mean, Nate Thurman was six ten or eleven. You know, but now, you know, every guy's seven two, seven, and and uh, Shaq just bullied everybody. I mean, he bitch slapped everybody. It was unbelievable. <laughs> and he was a great. And Shaq was a wonderful guy too. What a what a big teddy bear. You know what I mean? A really sweet kid. And I was glad they they elected him in the Hall of Fame. I was very happy to see that in the Basketball Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah. I think it was just this last week. Well deserved, uh, and, and you know, he's a guy. Yeah. He's he's won championships on, on multiple teams, and, and that was one of the things I always said. You know, it's we, we talk about players and how, how great players are, and, and you know, there are players that win multiple championships on one team, which is good. They've built, they built around them, and uh, you know, they, and those guys can gel and, and stay together for a number of years. But I always think of it uh, as pretty special uh, in any sport where a guy can win championships on multiple teams. To me, that tells me it's actually a little bit more about you individually than it is about, you know, all the parts around you because you're going to different teams and you're making a difference where you go. And that's, that's, you that's are, very special. You're spot on, Keith. You're, I couldn't agree with you more. You're 100% correct. 
Bob, it's I mean, that's like Pete, go ahead. Pete Rose did that with the Cincinnati Reds, and he did it with the Philadelphia Phillies. Remember yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, oh, I think uh, was it Ken Norton Jr. I think he he, yep. he did it too. And there's just, just a few guys yep. that were able to do that, you know, and in any sport. Absolutely. And, and so it's it's uh, to me those are those are the real special ones right there. You're 100 percent correct. As always, Bob, it's a, it's a pleasure to chat with you and, and, and catch up, and uh, we're going to have to chat again soon, man. Well, I love it, and uh, if you if you uh, talk, to, are you talking to AD tonight? Yeah, he'll be on in about uh, ten minutes. Oh, great! Um, you know, all I can say is they sure received him beautifully out there. That was so nice to see. You know, so. And you know, well, well overdue. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. But anyway, Keith, great talking to you, and. Uh, your show's a winner, kid. Thanks a lot, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bob Case, everybody. And uh, always a pleasure to have him on the line and, and, and chat with him. He's got so much knowledge and just a fun guy to talk to and, and uh, just a real good guy. And he's a good good supporter of the show. We love that. We're going to take a quick break uh, and come back and uh, get Anthony Davis on the line. This is Michelle Mangione, and this is Fly featuring Sam Morrison. Back after this. Monday morning Too much thinking Could take your soul away And happiness becomes a Broken armchair Where you would like to stay How much would you try just enough to get by and tell me how far just how far would you fly
next to you on the highway. I sit in front of you on the bus. I'm one out of every six Americans, and I'm struggling with hunger. This isn't an uncontrollable epidemic. There's enough food in this country to feed every hungry person. Please visit feedingamerica.org today and find your local food bank. Every dollar you donate helps provide seven meals for those around you, quietly struggling with hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council.
is Tom Thornton. And my name is Cindy Thornton. We're retired, and this is how we live United. We decided to volunteer with United Way at our community free health clinic. United Way is how we contribute, because we know our time and money are going to the right places. Judging by the thank yous we get at the clinic, I'd say we're doing the right thing with our retirement, too. We're Tom and Cindy Thornton. We volunteer at our community free health clinic. We don't just wear the shirt. We live it. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Hi, Hi we're the we're enablers, enablers, and you're, you're listening, listening to Swoop Swirl. Welcome our good friend and colleague to the show, five-time national champion, two-time All-American, played for USC and played in the NFL, Anthony Davis, back to the show. How are you doing, AD? Doing okay. How are you? Uh, not too bad, man. Not too bad. Hanging in there. Got a little cold, but uh, we're going to fight through this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, that cold is not good because I've had it for a month. Oh, so it comes and goes. Yeah. You'll go in and come back. So I'm, I'm at the tail end of the second time. Oh, well. Hopefully, hopefully this is this won't last long. I want you to try to try to knock it out real quick. But, well, you knock it out. <laughs> uh, we just had a, a, a Bob Case on the show a little bit ago, and uh, he says he uh, he saw you on uh, Saturday at, at, at an event over at USC, and you get to hang out with the with the team and then chat with Coach Helton. Uh, tell us a little bit about that, man. Well, you know, I haven't been over on that on that practice field in years, and. Uh... And the gentleman who who showcased me, and um, I think on, on the billboards, uh, Brian Kennedy, the company Regency Outdoors, was there. I was there, and you know, I thought it was very, I thought it was a class act on on Clay Hilton to invite the former players back to show support. I think that you know he seen he sensed the void and not having former players around because the former players are the brand and. And certain more, most of them, and there's a few that stand out than others, but as a whole, we represent the brand. You had me there, you had Marcus Allen there, uh, you had some kids, Matt Liner there and stuff. So Matt Barkley, uh, Sam Baker. So I conversed with those guys when I was there and some of the people were when I was in school. So I thought that was a nice gesture for him, even though I go there. It was Annenberg. I speak to the classes there. Of course, got the kickoff concussion book. There was a book fair there on campus, which I saw. So, sitting afternoon, I was down at first with and talked football philosophy and what he's trying to attempt this year, and talked to the next new uh, assistant coaches. So, I thought it was a class act he did uh, in, turn, in trying to unify the Trojan family or the guys who went there. So, I thought it was a, it was a great afternoon. Nice. Do you think, uh, you know, we, we've talked about in the past, uh, you know, changing the guard, and, and we're going to talk about the, the hiring the new athletic director too, but uh, do you think uh, you think those are some steps that seem to be um, changing the tide uh, over there with, you know, bringing, bringing, bringing the guys who, uh, who made, the, made the program great 
uh, having them come back out and talk to the kids and stuff? Well, the thing, that the, first of all, the thing that people that always approached me was the fact that people will, you know, was, they would refer to my teammate, Pat Hayden. Why did he doesn't reach out to his former teammates and the former players? And I would say simply, I'd have no clue on that. I don't know why. Uh, I'm sure he might have talked to a few of us, but it's not known publicly that he did. I think that the sad thing is he's known for not having us around right. for some so uh, I think that was one – that was, to me, that was a mistake on his behalf. But, you know, people – it is what it is. But, uh, but, 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 but I mean, the change of the guard, that's fine. But the thing is, in changing the guard, you got a long way to go because that is USC. When you see guys like us walking around on the practice field, especially, you know, in my situation with five national titles and All-American in both, I mean, you see the standard walking around there. So – you got a ways to go now. Do, do, does that mean instant success? Uh, the odds against the, the new regime of Clay Hilton is to be instant success, in my opinion. I mean, first of all, from an offensive standpoint, uh, they don't even know the quarterback yet. Right. Okay, that you got to get that secure. Now, now I've been. That you, know, you have 13 wide receivers, three spots. I think you got seven running backs for, for really one spot. And with a hybrid guy playing full, the tight end turned into a full because he doesn't. They don't run the double back or two back fullbacks. Don't do that. They don't believe in that. that. Well, I believe it works anyway. He just here, but that's his philosophy, and that's what he's going to go with. I guess. So I don't think. So I think overall. They have to start from ground floor, get the process. They got to learn the system, a new terminology, and that's going to be a time. And, and you know, you got to remember, for football season, what, four months? Yeah. And the opening game is the national champion. Hear me? Oh, there you are. There you are, brother. Hello? Yeah, we got you now. We got you now. We we got you now. Okay. Uh, The the, the thing is that uh, USC is a proudest with a bunch of proud players in a coaching thing. And Hilton... That's a great combination. Personnel, he's a player's coach, and he he wants to, he wants to be in the, uh, that 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 hierarchy of great coaches and with great players, and that's what he wants to strive for. The thing is, he's got to come he's got to come a long way, right? And I'll support him that way. This is attitude alone. This on his attitude, I will support somebody like that. But I mean, from an administrative standpoint, the leadership. You got to work on that, and, it, and with the new incoming athletic director, who is an ex teammate of mine. Yeah, like like your teammates are. Uh, you guys are lining line up, and uh, one gets the job, and he holds it for a few years. The next one gets it, or what? Well, Lynn Swan, great athlete, great pro. He's on one of my one of national one of my one of my four national champion teams over there too in football. And you know, I just wish he did that. Yeah. He's gonna have a tap, he's gonna have a tap, he's gonna have a tap ahead of him. 
because uh, I don't know what his experience is from administrator he's part of. I know he was, was a good commentator. He's a great ball player, but being an administrator running the university, you got to be a CEO and running that athletic department, which when it's classified as one of the greatest athletic departments and programs in, in, in C2A history. So he's walking in on a downtime, and I think I think the first year he's just going to be managing the situation. Right. And, you know, I mean, I think that's he's going to be a manager. I mean, he's going to watch what Hilton does. He's going to be watching what basketball course does and all the rest of the sport. Personality so, wise, is he is he is he is, do you think he's a better people person than uh than uh Hayden? Well you know we gotta find that out. You know, I mean I, I really don't know I know from from a commentary standpoint watching him on A B C television, it seems like he would be a great people's person. But but being on television and actually dealing with the general public is one thing. Yeah. We don't we see that. I, I believe that an athletic director in any place is you got to be very diplomatic. You got to be outgoing. You got to be able to embrace people on all levels, and you and, and you and you really got to be a cheerleader for the university. Right now, that 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 is we will see what what goes on. You see, so I have no clue in terms of I know I know Lynn tried to run for governor a few years back. Of Pennsylvania, right, and demonstrating some people skills, but we need to see how he's going to do right in USC. It's like a, I say, the first, the first year is going to be, in my opinion, it'll be it'll, it's going to be a tough test because he's going to come in managing somebody else that did, right, and he doesn't have a footprint on, on that program. It's interesting that you you said in the past, especially with coaches. You know that they need some time to 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 you know to create their system to uh, to get people used to the, their system to to uh, establish a footprint. Uh, the same go for athletic director. Do they need to give these guys at least what four or five years to to make things happen, or, or do they need to turn things around faster than that? I don't see. How, I don't see how they can go just. You can. I don't see how they can go just two years. Yeah. You need longer time because first of all, look, you got you got young players coming in. Especially when we talk about football, it's, it's going to take a good, the first year. The first year is going to be tough, in my opinion. Hey, let me tell you something on the on the on the bottom line. Well, I love to see us go twelve and zero. Oh, absolutely, but that's not realistic because you think they're going to go out the Dallas and beat and beat Alabama number one. That's going to be tough, right? With with an inexperienced quarterback because they don't even have their their that big debt, and here it is, almost May. You see, so they don't even know who the starting quarterback is now. Well, Alabama knows who their starting quarterback is, and all they're doing is, is peace is, is replacing one with in, in a, a well-oiled system. Right. Well, SC starting all over again. You know, Clay Hilton has to put his touch on it. You got the new system coaches coming; they got to put their touch on it. And everybody has to just like putting eggs and making a cake, put all the ingredients in. Stir it all up and see how it comes out, <laughs> and they all got to do the same thing. It's it, it, you know the, the problem with SC, they got the great athletes. Now it's, it's academic, and you got to put it all together, and then you got to perform on the field. Do you and, think? Do you think Helton has has a kind of a, a leg up on on a brand new coach because he did get, he did get to coach several games toward the end of the, you know halfway through the season or so. So I mean he he kind of kind of started uh, you know 
acting as the head coach and kind of started implementing some of his own things. So he's not coming in brand spanking new as the head coach. The kids already know who he is, uh, and, and they've been around him for a while, and they've been around him as an assistant coach. Do you think there's an advantage to that? Well, the kids have been around, but you got to remember that their quarterback is gone. Their, their, their field general is gone. So they got to get another quarterback, implement all the systems. Him and Clay Hilton have to be on the same page, along with the new, the new offensive coordinator. You got all those components. I mean, so yeah, everything is fine, but you still got to get there and then that, then that learning curve with everything. Everything's a learning curve. Academically, the player personnel, skin, technique, schemes, fundamental play, all of it has to come into play and everybody's got to be on the same page. Think it's, let me give you an example. Coach saw Stanford. The Stanford Cardinals has everything in play. They are systematically sound with everything from A, from a to Z. Right. Well, SC is not like that from A to Z. They're still putting pieces together. System. They've got their system in play. Now, put it this way. If you had SC athletes, in my opinion, in that Stanford system, they're going to have some chance. But see, they got to get to the point where they got they got to rebuild that brand for that football field and the, that opponent to go against everybody, both defensive and offensive. And I just don't frankly think they're there right now. They can play like that, but I think these guys will play their hearts off for clay. I really think that, and I, I, I you know I think that just in their effort, they will play hard for him. But you know, we got they open Alabama. And then the third game is Stanford up there. Then they go to Oregon up there. And they go on the road, and who and you never know after that. Right. And you got Notre Dame. You come in, so, 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 so. I just gave you four tough opponents right there. Period. Most people, most people are already already talking. I'm, I've already heard it. That's you know Alabama's gonna wipe them off, wipe them. Now, if they can go out there and blow Alabama in the first game, oh, oh my Lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would that would, that would stir some stuff up there, man. Yeah, he'd be king for the day. And beating him in Dallas, too. So I think that's where they're playing the game. And Jerry Johnson's playing. Is that true? Is that where they're playing? I'm not sure. I'd have to check it out. Well, sorry, we don't know where they're playing, but it's not going to be in Alabama. It's not going to be in uh, in. Uh, so, you know, it's – you go up against a well-oiled machine. And the thing is, even though SC is is, is down, but SC is still USC, and, and everybody still want to put a foot in their rear because they are USC. Right. But, the, but the thing is, that's where they have to come. That's where they have to come. And I keep telling people that. And a lot of people just look at it. Well, A.D., what are you doing? Listen, look, listen, look. Football can be a four-unit course in college. That's how, that's how technical it is. And you have to be intelligent to understand a playbook. And then you got to play with physicality on the field when you're getting hit. So they have, they got to get this stuff written in the classroom. That, that, that's, the pro- that's my problem. That, that's what I'm telling everybody. Right. And then everybody has to be on the same page. He's bringing new coaches in. They all have to jail together. It's an army. That's what you can run an offense out there. Right. 
which they don't have a quarterback in place now. He's still thought the best course quarterback's going to be. It's it, so, it, 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 so it's you know it's it's like you said it's a growing it's a growing uh, uh, time uh, and and they're gonna and we don't really know too much until the to all the starters are picked until we actually see them out there on the gridiron. Yeah, that's you know that's it. But is the attitude great? Yeah, absolutely. Is Clay Hill absolutely? I mean, is he embracing everybody who made who who built that brain? Absolutely. Talked to me for a good thirty minutes. Yeah, he actually walked up to me and introduced himself to me. So I'm saying, it, 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 is the attitude there? Absolutely, is there. But but saying one thing and doing it is two different things. And that's what everybody's saying. And the, and the more the, the pressure that he has is that he's coaching USC. And you see guys like me walking around there with with national titles and rings and everything else. They say this is just this is the standard you have to play to. If you don't play to that, if you don't play to that standard, it's subpar. Actually, that's 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 USC. Right now, now if he was at Idaho State and and, and went, went eight and five, oh man, that'd be a great season for them. This is USC, and, and, and you know, and, and simply, if you do get your behind kick. Uh, outside of UCLA and Notre Dame, you better you need to be you or Notre, both Notre Dame and UCLA. Well, yeah, those are those, those, those are those are the games that the alumni just won't tolerate a bunch of losses against. That that's the marquee game. That's the marquee game. Yeah. So you know, I'm still an FC man, but I just and you know how I when I talk to you in the I tell it the way it is. I mean, straight out. I mean, and and I believe the reason why I can tell the way it is based on the pedigree. And the brand that I set up strong with my teammates went out with that thing. And to this day, to this day, no one's played in the era like I played in or with my teammates. I played in the greatest year in the school's history. Right. Five championships. And, and not only outside of baseball, football with me, all other sports, basketball was in Basketball was hot. They didn't beat UCLA because they were down the team. But you had track, and swimming, and golf. You know, nice for titles. You see, so, you know, we set the stone and set the standard, and that's what they have to play to. Wow. I mean, I get a copy all the time. I like to see some of the glory days. When, when they come back, and, and, you know, I've never seen a game like that. When are they going to see? And when am I going to see another touchdown game? I said, oh, hey. They come along, and one guy said, Anthony, you're 60 something years old. I haven't seen yet. That's been 40 something years ago. <laughs> well, you guys, you guys, you, you need to put something like that in the incubator and then bore him, and bore him because you know I expected to see somebody do and duplicate and do those performances over and over because that's what that, you seem to think when you go to USC is going to happen. Well, uh, we haven't seen that yet. I'm waiting to see that for the, 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 the before the day I leave this earth. Yeah. Well, we hope hopefully hopefully they can return to the, the form. Hang, return to that to that form, and and we can see some of that some of that stuff again. But I still I, I think they're I think they're turning things around, and uh, I'm looking forward to to a good year. And and um, you know, I, I think if they if they if what I've seen with Helton and what I'm hearing about Helton, uh, he's getting the, he's getting those kids ready, and uh, he sounds like he's a decent leader. Uh, a good leader, actually. So uh, hopefully, hopefully, we'll see a turnaround. 
what, what the thing is, with Swan coming in as an athletic director and all the UFC supporters, the thing is, you got to get this man time now. Whether you believe in him or not, or you think he's just going to be a pass, a pass through coach, at the end of the day, to make a program successful, you have to give this man time. Not, not a year and a half, two, now almost five years to turn that program around. You know, you, 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 you know, so, I mean, you got to give him time. And if they give him the praise, they, if they're giving him pressure like that, that's not fair. Yeah. Because he's, he's coming in and missing BS, and he needs, to, he needs to clear the room from it. You know, you got to give a man the time to establish himself. Right. Period. You know, he's got, he, I mean, he, I mean he's, he's doing overtime and teaching versus in Alabama or, or some other powers of being in the country. You know? Yeah. These kids coming in, coming in those programs, they know it's expected of them, but these kids coming in now, they got to come in and learn. They got to do this. They got to do that. We got, they got new coaches. Take a time. Get a man to die. I agree, and let's let's switch let's switch topics real quick. Uh, uh, you, you know, we've talked in the past. Uh, you've had your eyes on, on, on some upcoming uh, uh, talent, and I just wanted to check back because I haven't uh, I haven't heard uh, since we last talked about him. Uh, Wes Massett, uh, he was he was a, a guy out of I believe out of Crespi that you liked a lot. Uh, he went uh, I think down to Florida somewhere, and he was he was looking to change schools. Uh, any any updates on Wes? Well, I think I think he came back. I think he came back in junior college. Going to do one year, and then going to try to go to a four-year school. He, from what I understand, when I've heard, he's 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 doing he's doing fine. He's doing great, and uh, he's a big, strong left-handed kid. And I think with a great opportunity, he can do real well. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's 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 focused. It's just something that doesn't work out there. I think it's Jackson University down there in Florida. Yeah. Uh, uh, they decided to come back in California. Go play a year in JC, and uh, and see where it lies for the four year school. He can play in four year college. I mean, he's that good. Yeah, I, I remember you talking about him. That's why I, why, why I kind of wanted to ask and see what, what's been happening. Hey, listen, he doesn't have the five star stuff stuck on him, the four star, or whatever. I don't believe in all that crap anyway. First of all, he can even play at the University of Southern California. That's how good he is. In my opinion, that's how good he is. Yeah. He could perform there. Now, if he's a cat in the world, no. But, you know, Marietta, I don't think, no, it's not that. But is he mobile? Yes, he is. Does he have good arm? Yes, he does. Does he have a good read and good touch on the ball? Yes, he does. You know, if he have all that, you can play You can play damn near anywhere. And I believe he can play. Yeah. You 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 spoke very highly of him, and so I I wanted to just touch base and, and check and check and see what's happening. Um, before we wrap things up, man, I know you're a big baseball fan, and uh, you know the season the, you know the season got on the way. Uh, the Dodgers came out to a great start against San Diego, and I, I was at one of the games, and I remember asking a friend of mine who's a huge Dodger fan, "Are the Dodgers that good, or are the Padres that bad?" And then the Dodgers went up to uh, San Francisco, and uh, you know they take some leads, but they gave up some leads, so. What is the status of the, what are the status of the Dodgers? Are they are, are they going to be contenders, or, or, or are, they, are we going to see them make it to the to the series this year? What are your thoughts? First of all, you know I think it's a grab bag in the National League West. Well, I mean, I, the, the, first of all, the, 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 in the last to me, in the last five six years, the team to beat the Giants. That's the team to beat. Yeah, they've been a contender. 
I mean, y'all sell quick. If he can, if he can ever get his act together off the court, off the field, and on the field, and being a disciplined ball player, he should be the nucleus of that team. Right. So, I don't know what he's thinking about. I don't the duck can put it and keep it because when they lost, when they lost some their ace pitcher, one of their aces, I think that's going to hurt him in terms of uh, of that. But I mean, if they if they can maintain their pitch staff. They're going to be right there again. They're always a contender for the National West, but at the end of the day, <laughs> the team has won. It's been the Giants. What, what has it been? Three World Series in five years? Yeah, and, I, and apparently they always win in even years, so uh, they're destined to win again. <laughs> so, 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 so I'm saying, see, they just know how to plug in the pieces in from from organization standpoint. You, you jump around to, well, if you look in the Giant farm system, how they bring players and develop them and bring them up, Versus how the Dodgers come up, bring them up, and how they bring them up. So there's there's certain organizations have the knit and how to develop their ball players where they're successful. The Giants have definitely been there. Okay, the Kansas City Royals definitely been there. I mean, so in America, they go to National League, you will see that. But the Dodgers, you know, I disagree with some of the trades and stuff. Like you know, when they got rid of Kemp, I thought that was a bad when they should have kept Kemp. You know, I don't know what I don't know what they were thinking about when they got rid of him. Yeah. And then because if you because if you just had kept Kent and Quig and all the rest of those guys together, I, I believe that making of a, a championship long defensive staff. Because I because I haven't seen anything and as a former player who've been drafted professionally, who cut the outfield, especially speed and or anything. When I thought about those three together, uh, and outfield. <laughs> And they had power, power numbers to put up also. If you keep those guys together with all the rest of them, Gonzalez and the rest of them, uh, I, I even thought they should never got rid of Ramirez. I never thought they should have got rid of him. I'm surprised they got rid of D. Gordon. I mean, there's just a lot. There's, they've gotten rid of a lot of guys the last few years. It just didn't make sense. See, all I'm saying, when you get rid of both players, either, either contractually, whatever you need to do, but if you don't have to, Make sure if you if, if I'm a general manager, if I move players or different trade players or different players or whatever the deal is, you better make sure you fill them whole and they just good or better. Right. So they dropped. In my opinion, my base. Anybody because I could have played the major league big time. Switch it. I know what I'm talking about. If you if you move players. You bring somebody else in, they better be, they better put up the same numbers and bet. And that pitching staff carried them. You know what games they played? That 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 the pitchers didn't get the offense, and they didn't have to pitch. You know, and they and they and they and they were quick, and quick was hurt actually most of the time. They were pitching around. They been doing all. There was pressure on him at the, when he when he did play. Right. He had Kemp. And, and what's the left-handed? Was the left-handed? You know, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a streaky hitter. Who's he, who's he with, boss? I can't think. I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm born a blank. Yeah. I don't know what's matter. I'm taking my supplements today. <laughs> but, uh, Excuse me. Well, but, but so, so, no, go so, ahead. so, huh? Go ahead. I didn't hear you. No, I said go ahead. I, 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 you got you got cut off. Said go ahead, but I got your back. All I'm saying, all I'm really saying is, you know, I haven't seen any any replacement in the hole today when they traded these guys, and that's what you got to do. Right. You know, you got to fill up, and they got to do better. 
Well, I hope they do. Uh, I look forward to seeing, uh, you know, some decent games. I, I, I did see them win the game I was at, so that was a plus. But, uh, you know, I don't go to a lot of games, so I, I like to see a good game when I go. You can't watch them on TV anymore. Uh, you know, just, just here. Hey, what is that Time Warner thing? I mean, I mean, they need to straighten that thing out. Yeah. You think? I'm telling you, man. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know. Biden's got, Biden's got all that money, but the yeah. public can't see him. That's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. And, and. And on top of that, I mean, you know, uh, it's Scully's last year. I, it's, Vince Scully is all I've ever known when it comes to Dodger Dodger baseball. I mean, he's all of my life. He's been announcing Dodger baseball, and uh, it's going to be different not, well, to, I cannot, not to hear him. Well, I'm proud to say that I know the man. I knew the man. I talked to the man, and uh, he's giving me good, great praises. So, I mean, he's an icon. I mean, I say one of the great voices, yeah, and great hitters of all time. Absolutely. Yeah, I think he's up in a time of commentators. I mean, he, he's, in a, he's a legend. Yeah, man. He's, uh, you know, uh, between him between him and Chick Hearn, uh, you know, we've had some good announcers out here in, uh, in, in the L.A. area, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. A.D., man. And you, and you hear, here it is. One in, it's in the refrigerator. Then the other one's there. there, 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 there I hit the right field, and she ain't gone. Oh, she's gone, exactly. <laughs> AD, it's been a pleasure, man. I'm gonna cut it short today. This cold is kicking my ass, but uh, uh, thank you for thank you for joining us, man. And we'll do it again next week. My pleasure. Take care, Swoop. All right, take care, brother. The great Anthony Davis, everybody, and uh, we want to thank you for listening to Swoop's Roll and Talk Story Radio Network, sponsored by HealthyNewDay.com, and we'll be uh, we'll do it again next week. As we always say, dream as if you'll live forever, live as if you'll die today. Good night, all. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors.